Hi, this is NFL legend Leonard Marshall, formerly with the New York Giants and a three-time Pro Bowler and a two-time Super Bowl winner. You're listening to the podcast of my friend, Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 192 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is Kenny Anderson, one of the greatest point guards in NBA basketball history, a fellow New York City boy who excelled in high school at Archbishop Malloy. He was all New York City four times. He was ranked number one in the country ahead of a guy named Shaq. And after two years at Georgia Tech, he was the second pick in the 1991 draft by the New Jersey Nets. Kenny had a very distinguished professional playing career. Afterwards, he's had some challenges. We'll talk about all of this. And you know that in every episode, I feature a song of mine underneath the introduction and at the end. I try to make the song relevant to my guest or the subject matter. And in this instance, I have picked the song called Redemption Road that I wrote for the album PGS7 by my band Project Grand Slam. Why did I choose this? Well, Kenny's had some ups and downs like all of us, and I'm sure that he's called for redemption at times. So I thought it fit. So Kenny Anderson, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast, baby. Oh, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Like I said in the introduction, we're fellow Queens boys, okay? You're from Left Rack City, right? Yes, I am. All right. I grew up a little bit further out in Queens in Belrose Floral Park. Okay. But, you know, us Queens kids got to stick together. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so what was it like for you growing up there? Did you have the ability to play basketball at a high level or did that come later? I, I started early. I started at 13 years old. Good for you. I'm, I'm in Queens, New York, man. <laughs> New York is the is the mecca of basketball, period. I tell all my guys, you got to you gotta grow up and play the game in New York City. You will understand what I'm talking about. All the great point guards, Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, Rod Strickland, Pearl Washington, Kenny Patterson, Boo Harvey. It, it goes on and on. It goes on and on. So, you know, learning the game was easy for me, just watching them guys play. Kenny Hutchinson from um, Manhattan. So you got to give love to these guys before I get anything. I totally agree with you. And, you know, a lot of times guys tell you that Brooklyn is the place where basketball is played the most in New York City. But I always thought it was a Queens game. No, it's a New York game. So I don't, you know, if you Brooklyn, Queens, New York, Manhattan, Long Island, Bronx, New York, the New York ballers, you know, it's great. So you just you just rose to the top. I mean, you, you were in such an unbelievable position as you got through high school there and you're getting ready to go to college. What was that whole situation like for you? Oh, it was great. I had a great I had a great mentor, Vincent Smith, Jack Curran, historian coach, 
in uh, the Queens area. He was a great baseball coach and a great basketball coach at Archbishop Malloy. So my recruiting was it was it was sharp. It was done very well. You know, I was the number one recruit coming out of high school in '89, and I went on to Georgia Tech. Coach Crimmins, who went to All Hollows in the Bronx, is another New York guy. So it was kind of it was kind of great playing um, for for Coach Crimmins because he knew he knew knew how I played. He knew what I, what I was about. He knew Malloy, the history, everything. So it was awesome. Is that why you chose Georgia Tech? Because you probably had your pick of every school. I had my pick of every school, but it was only down to Syracuse and Georgia Tech because Pearl Washington went to Syracuse from New York, and I wanted to go to Syracuse. My mother wanted me to go to Georgia Tech, so, Mo, my mother was like, you're going to Georgia Tech, so that was that. <laughs> I went you, to Georgia Tech. Your mother wins out in the end, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so when you were at Georgia Tech, you're now playing against a whole different level of competition. But again, you rose right to the top. What was it like for you there? Oh, it was awesome, you know, playing for Georgia Tech. I played with two great guys, uh, Dennis Scott uh, and Brian Oliver. They, they named us Lethal Weapon 3 at Georgia <laughs> Tech. It was just an awesome feat. Our whole team played with Malcolm Mackey from Chattanooga, who did extremely well, Ivano Newbill. Daryl Bonds was from um, New York. He went to Franklin K. Lane. He had a great career. Uh, it just was awesome, man. The team, the close-knit team, we still talk now to this day. You know, um, uh, it was just awesome going down to Atlanta, Georgia Tech, the history, you know, with Mark Price being before me, John Sally, he's from Canarsie, Brooklyn. He went there. He went to Georgia Tech. Bruce Dyripple was from Harlem. He went to Georgia. So it was just great. You got a whole New York Mafia thing going there, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's great. And then, you know, coming out of Georgia Tech, you're selected number two in the draft. I mean, that had to feel unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was a great feat. You know, coming number two in the draft, going coming out, going number two is awesome. My coach was there that night. You know, uh, my high school coach, I give a lot of credit to and respect. Jack Karen was there. It was just an awesome. My mother, you know, I've always wanted to make it to the league, not only playing, you know, but also to take care of my mother. Got a, I got a big house in Long Island and Glen Cole. She lived there for 20 years Good for before you. she passed away. And uh, it was it was just awesome playing. And I, and I got drafted to the New Jersey Nets. So I was home. It was just a great feat, man. I I just love playing in the NBA, playing at Georgia Tech, playing at Malloy. This basketball has been easy. Life has been hard. That's <laughs> the talking of my documentary. But, you know, it's all good now, man. It's settled down somewhat. I'm glad to hear that. Let's talk a little bit more about basketball, and then we'll get into some of the other stuff. How has the game changed since you entered the league? It's just since I it's a little less physical. It's not it's not as physical like when I was in the league. The lane is open wide, so the three point shot is uh is huge right now. The three point shot, the the three point shot wasn't as huge as when I played in the NBA. So if you got great ball handling skills and you got great shooters, you're in business. I think you can win. You know, you've touched upon something that bothers me. I, I, I'm old school, okay? I wasn't a basketball star in any sense of the word, but I followed the Knicks. 
because I'm a New York guy and the Knicks, you know, had a great team in the seventies. But then when the three point shot came in, it just changed the whole game for me. Everybody's shooting up threes like crazy nowadays. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's the name of the game, you know, and golden state is the best at it with Steph Curry and clay Thompson and pool hitting the three. Now it's uh movement. Uh, it's just the three pointers open things up and um, they do a great job. But a lot of the teams, a lot of the teams are going for great shooters now. And that, I guess that's a plus in the draft. Do you think that one of the reasons they did this, they made that movement towards the three was to take away some of the emphasis on the tall centers that, you know, dominated the game. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But, 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 but it's a fan friendly game. So to make, to make, to make money for the lead, you have to change the game up. When I played, it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, 70 to 60, 65 game. Now, now the score is a hundred, a hundred to three to 107, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's more exciting for the fans and that's what you need. So, you know, they, they really pay the bills, you know, the fans. So, you know, it's, it's exciting. It is exciting basketball. And the playoff is a little more, a little more hard, a little more difficult. Did you play in the uh, the Bird era? You know, in the Magic era. No, I came '91. Bird injured his back, and then he retired. Isaiah played. That was my first game against the Detroit Pistons in '91. I had a very good game, and then that season, Isaiah Thomas uh, messed his Achilles, and then he retired. So, you know, 91, I came in the league. It, it was it was, it was was a great league, but it focused on the big man. You know, Akeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewan, Carl Malone, uh, just just a lot of great. Derek Coleman was my teammate. He was awesome. He's an awesome player. He focused on the, on, the, on the bigs. How do you think some of the great big men, you know, like Lou Alcindor and Kareem, I should call him that, of course, and Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell, how would they do in today's game? What do you think? No, they'll do great. All three of them you just named. They're, they're athletic. They, first of all, they're all athletic. They can move up and down the court. But they will have to demand the ball. <laughs> they would have to demand the ball because Todd would be flinging it for three. Yo, come down, Throw the ball in the block. Throw the ball in the block. They would have to pass a little bit. But they, they're... They're great. They're great sitters. You know, I remember hearing something from Will Chamberlain where they were talking to him about certain stats that he got. And I think it was triples that, you know, that he triple doubles that weren't being counted in his era. And he said, if I knew that, I would have led the league in those as well. I mean, they were just awesome, these guys. Yeah, they was awesome. Very talented, talented bigs. They could play the game. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller. My new single, All of the Time, is a playful, whimsical love song. It's light and airy and exudes the happiness and joy of being in love. The reviewers love it, too. Melody Maker has given it five stars and calls it pure bliss, an intimate sound with abundant melodic riches. Pop Icon also gave it five stars and called it Ecstasy. You can stream all of the time on Spotify, Apple, 
Netflix, Amazon, or any of the other streaming platforms. The links are in the show notes to this episode. And you can download it from the pgsstore.com. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a nice review too, if you're so inclined. You can do all of that and check out all of our episodes by visiting our website at followyourdreampodcast.com. I want to thank you for listening and keep on rocking. All right, so you're in the NBA. You're, you're at the top of the game there. How did it change for you once you got to the NBA? Well, it, it, it changed It changed a little bit. I worked extremely hard to make it there so I could take care of my moms, you know. But, um, you know, I made the all-star team in 94, so that was a feat. But I didn't know, you know, how it would uh, – the business side of it came in. And from high school – to college, it was like a love for me to play the game that I love, and that's basketball. But the business sense of it, you had to get a grip. And, I, and that's what I learned, you know, playing in the NBA. But they didn't teach you that, right? There was nobody to sit down with you and to kind of mentor you and tell you, this is the way to do it. Nobody mentored me. And uh, it was great, though, you know, because I had to live and learn on my own. And I learned and I was able to, you know, conquer, you know, that in the long run and now I could teach other young men that I'm coaching I'm coaching now at Fish University in Nashville I can give that off to them so it's it's a blessing it's a blessing right but you had to learn the hard way right on your own I, I, I don't I don't know if it was hard <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't I, my life has been great so I, I can't from high school college I was a I was a all-American all high school, all-American college, all-star to pro. Basketball was easy. It was just the other things in, in, in my life I had to, to learn. And that's the business side of it. Uh, and then just the life of, of playing in the NBA, how to take care of yourself, just, just stuff like that. So what are the pointers that you give to the young guys now on this stuff? I, I, I say you got to take care of yourself. You got to play the right way, play the game. You got to take care of yourself. Uh, you got, and, and then I'm coaching college, so it's great. You got to do well in school. Got to do well because basketball is, is, is all means to end. You have to have another outlook on life, uh, you know, and that's for business and you get a good job. Because I don't know if the NBA is like 450 young men playing, you know, 450. Yep. So you, you can't you can't count on the NBA. You got to count on your life. You got to get your life together as far as the school playing. Now, college, you're playing ball, but you got to learn. You got to learn. And I and, and and who who better than me to teach these young men? <laughs> you know, so it's just awesome. And I and I love to do it. I love doing it. It's great. Good for you. All right. So you said a couple of times basketball was easy for you. It was the other stuff in life that was challenging. Talk about some of that. What did you find the most challenging things? Oh, my lifestyle. You know, my lifestyle. You know, I love, you know, everybody loved women. So it was, it was just, it was just my lifestyle. I've been married uh, three times. This is my third wife, third, third time's a charm. I've been with my wife for 15 years. This life, man. Uh, my kids, you know, learning, learning to be a, more of a father. 
you know, um, it's just when I was young playing the lead, I just I did for me. I wanted to do for me, 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 me. It was always me. And your mother, too. <laughs> it was always my mother. Maybe she was fine. And there was me. So it's, it's got to be a we thing. And that's more of a, a family thing. And that's what I'm living for now. Uh, and, you know, it takes time to learn anything. Yeah. So you got to just, you know, roll with the punches. And I was able to roll with the punches. And I'm in a great situation now. And I just thank God for that. Good for you. You know, I was just talking to a guy in a different professional sport. This is Leonard Marshall, who was with the New York Giants. And Leonard was talking about how when it was all over, they just kind of, you know, booted you out the door. There was no (laughs) ceremony. There was no, you know, instruction as to how to live the rest of your life. Did you find the same thing in the NBA? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. You got to you got to have strong mentors. That's where you have mentors in your life to, to try to teach you the right way to go and 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 happily I had that so I was able to reform my life and know what I wanted to do and what I wanted to do is coach because of my high school coach Jack Curran he coached in a high school level I wanted to go on the lowest level somewhat and I'm at the NAIA level college I love it and I can build it I can build it up and that's what I want to do good for you I went for a little while to St. John's University, yeah. and of course they had Lou Carnesecca there at that time, one of the great coaches of all time. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, definitely. Lou Lou Carnesecca was great. Uh, we lost to them in a Big East Challenge. Uh, it was Georgia Georgia Tech versus St. John's. We lost to them. Malik Sealy, rest in peace. He was there at, 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 at St. John's. I was at Georgia Tech, so he's great. We grew up together. We played for Riverside Church together. And he lost. He lost his life, which is which is tough. Yeah. Do you still stay in touch with all the guys from the NBA and from the you know from your upbringing? Yeah, somewhat. You know, but I really I stay in touch with Derek Coleman from the Nets. I always check on him, see how he's doing. Um, Charles Oakley, you know, from time to time from the Knicks. But you know, I see guys on and off, you know, when, when we're at certain events and things of that nature. So it's great, but everybody do their own different things. And I understand that. Okay. Now you had a couple of uh, medical issues. I know in the, in the recent past, you had a stroke of some kind, although you seem absolutely terrific to me. Tell me what those medical challenges were for you and how did you rise above them? Oh, well, my doctors, you know, at Vanderbilt hospital, they do a a hell of a job. Um, I came, I had a stroke two years ago. And, um, you know, I I don't like talking about it, but it's uh, I take my medicine every morning and I see my doctors and it's it's helping me a great deal, helping me out a great deal. Good for you. All right. And tell me about this nickname, Mr. Chibs. What's that all about? That's my mother named me that. So everybody in everybody in um, Left Rack City, Queens, everybody in New York called me Chibs. So, you know, growing up when I was in kindergarten, I went to school and I didn't know my name was Kenneth. So I thought it was Chibs. So, you know, <laughs> that's just you know, my mother called me Chibs um, when I was. Why? Born. What, what did it stand for? How did she come up with that? She, it, when they brought me into the into the into the room, she said Cheeks, Chibs. She said Cheeks, Chibs. It came out and she just kept calling me Chibs and it, and it grew on me. And I liked it that everybody in New York called me Chips. When, when she would get happy for me and i do something big or proud, she said, look at Mr. Chips. <laughs> so it, was, it was just a great thing. So everybody in the, in the New York, that's what they call me. 
Chibs. I see. Everybody, you know, so it's uh it's a meaningful, it's a great name, and my mother's not here now, so I love hearing it. I, but everybody in New York and Atlanta. See, I grew up, I went to, you know, I grew up in New York, but I went to school in Atlanta and I stayed in Atlanta. So uh-huh. I would go back and forth. So, you know, Atlanta, they know Chibs too. So it's just awesome. And you have a documentary that's got that name in there, right? Yeah, my my documentary is out. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it, Mr. Chibs. It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Check it out. All you'll right. Know, you know the history of me. You'll get it all in there. It's great, Mr. Chibs. You got it. Okay, everybody, get out there. Amazon, Mr. Chibs, the documentary on Kenny Anderson. Kenny, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been so great and entertaining to have you on. I'm so glad to see how well you're doing with your life right now. And the fact that you're able to be a mentor to all these young kids, that's terrific. So thank you so much for being on this episode with me. And now we're going to listen again to the song that started this episode It's my song called Redemption Road. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at the pgsstore.com. I think I messed it up.